This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season six entitled Sports Psych X's and O's. At the Selking Performance Group, we really believe that it's important to be grounded in great science, research, and theories upon which to build our consulting work and our coaching work with our clients. And so this season is really about bringing you some of those top concepts that we use on a consistent basis to help unleash performance excellence in individuals, teams, and organizations from the locker room to the boardroom. And so we always emphasize the concepts of mindset and leadership because we believe that those are two critical elements to leading yourself really well, leading your team really well, and then building a high-performance environment for yourself, for your family, for your team, for your organization. And so today, we are going to be talking about something called motivational climate. A motivational climate is just the climate of the environment in which we are placed ourselves or that we create for those around us. And so there's really two different types of motivational climates. There's a mastery-based environment that gets created, and there's a competitive-based environment that gets creative. Now, the thing that differentiates these two really is what the emphasis is upon, right? And so in a mastery-based environment, the emphasis is upon effort. It's upon mastery of your task, of your craft, right? And Effort is rewarded in these environments. Cooperation is emphasized in growing together. Whereas in a competitive-based environment, um, mistakes are punished and competition is really highly encouraged. And so it's more about social comparison than it is about individual growth and development. And so sometimes, I, I feel like a lot of times when this is presented, it's like, oh, mastery is ideal and competitive is bad. Uh, but you're talking to like the most competitive person ever. And so once I started learning this, I started realizing a lot more about my childhood and how I was wired and a lot more about um, the pains of growth that it took once I left sport where there's just an immediate reward and you're you're immediately know if you won or you're lost. Because I was, just as environments can be either mastery-based or competitive-based, people have ten- personality tendencies that lead to either a mastery orientation from an individual standpoint or a competitive orientation as an individual standpoint. And I realized that I was highly competitive based. For me, it was always all about winning. Like I wanted to be first, whether it was getting in line to go out to recess or whether it was on a test or whether it was on pickup basketball in uh, in recess or whether it was in a soccer game or whether it was, you know, learning Bible verses at Awanas growing up. Like I wanted to be the best at everything. And it was all about beating somebody else and winning and getting the prize. Um, and then you realize, you know, as you go through life, life isn't like that a lot of times. There's not this immediate reward. There's not a one-to-one ratio of if I work hard and I discipline myself and I have this output and it's better than someone else's output, then I win. You know, there's a lot of variables that go into play as we go throughout the course of life. And I think that sometimes for athletes, particularly who are naturally competitive based and then often in a competitive environment, 
we we believe that that's what that's what success means and so when that starts to shift when all of a sudden you know you can't do x and get y and if you don't get y you realize okay well this is what I need to do different I go back and I work harder and I and I still go back to strive and so there becomes a little bit of this disorientation with life around okay well, what am I supposed to do then? And how do I know if I'm being successful? Because success is winning. And so, you know, we have to learn that. We we have to understand that, listen, there's, a, there's another way. There's a mastery of getting really, really good at your craft. And now, listen, what we've found for high performers in any domain... Is it an intersection of these two types of, of self-orientation around a mastery-based and a competitive-based is most healthy and results in the and it leads to higher results, right? Because not only do you want to win, but it's not win at all costs. It's like if you win, but you beat a lesser opponent, it's not really that fulfilling. Like, yeah, okay, awesome. I want, I love it. Um, but I really want to, I want to win against people that are really, really good. So with that being said, as leaders and as coaches, knowing that sport and, and younger kids are often wired around, or at least often in settings that are competitive based. You know, it's like anything in school is you're the top of the class or the bottom of the class at work, you know, you get right in this stuff, but how can we create healthier environments? And that's our responsibility as leaders and coaches. So just definitionally, let's look at, you know, what's the definition of a mastery climate? What's the definition of a competitive climate? So a mastery climate is really one in which performers receive positive reinforcement from the coach or leader when they work hard, when they demonstrate improvement, when they help others learn through cooperation, and environments that believe that each player's contribution is important. Right, so this is one of the things that I love about Notre Dame football and our whole walk on walk on players association and walk on the mindset that we have around our walk on players. For us, they are a critical part of our success. Right, we treat them with respect, uh, we treat them with dignity. They're a part of our team. It's not like scholarship guys, walk on guys. Now, there's always going to be a difference based on all of our differences. Right, differences are not bad. Differences are simply differences. And yet, um, I know that in other places, uh, my husband, you know, played college football and is around a lot of different programs himself and he said, you know, it's just not like that everywhere. Like a lot of players, walk-ons get, a lot of places, walk-ons get treated like crap, right? So that would not be considered a mastery climate. That would be considered a competitive-based climate because you have good people and you have bad people. You have people that we respect and that we treat well. We have people that we don't treat well, right? Like you are here as a, as a practice dummy. You're going to get the crap beat out of you and good luck in anything else that you do, right? Rather than helping them understand that they're a critical part to a team's success, particularly at a place like Notre Dame, um, where we need to have great reps all the time and practice, and we don't necessarily have uh, the bench strength of some other programs. And so those are sort of the, the indicators of a mastery climate. A competitive climate, on the other hand, is one where athletes or competitors or performers or, or teammates in a business and work environment perceive that poor performance and mistakes will be punished, that high ability individuals will receive most attention and recognition, and that competition between team members is, is encouraged by the leader. So putting people against each other one-on-one on a constant basis. And so Again, I don't want you to misconceive that competition environments are bad and mastery climates are good because, listen, you can, we've seen this all the time, right, in positive coaching that you can have a nice coach and a nice leader, um, but you can't beat yourself in a scrimmage, right? It's a very mastery environment in general, but you can't win a game, right? And on the other hand, we've seen people that are competition-based only and they win a lot of games, but there's so much unhealth at the individual level and at the team level. So finding the intersection of these two two climates is what's most 
important. Because here's the thing, here's the thing that I want you to understand about a mastery climate. And listen, you're talking to someone again growing up thought like mastery climate, what is that? Like I would have gone straight to the competition climate. But what we understand from a scientific standpoint is that when we create a mastery focused environment, uh, there's a lot of benefits that that go into that, including enhanced perception of our competence, so we feel like, "Oh, I'm 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 good," right? And that increases satisfaction, it reduces your boredom, your perceived ability starts to shift for yourself. Um, you reduce rough play and there's heightened effort, greater enjoyment, increased self-esteem, increase self-esteem, increase collaborative uh, collaboration among teammates, reduce performance anxiety, and increase in this mastery goal orientation, right? So it's not like I want to get good at this just so I'm good enough to beat you, but I want to get good at this so I can be great at this. And it starts to shift your motivation, right? More towards long-lasting, sustainable types of motivation that help create healthy individuals. Now, again, creating competition and and the ability to know you're winning and gauge yourself so you can go back to work and keep getting better and better is also important. So it's a craft. That's why, listen, coaching, leading is a science, but it's an art, right? And we have to get really, really good at that to understand where are the people that I'm coaching in terms of their growth and development and where do we need to get to? Because here's what we also found, which is really, really fascinating. I'll put a couple of these graphs up in the episode notes so you can see this. But what we found too is that people that perceive themselves with high ability, it doesn't actually matter if they're in a competition environment or a mastery-based environment. They're going to thrive and their self-esteem is going to remain intact, okay? But a person with a perceived lower ability, if they go from um, a, a mastery environment to a competition to a competitive environment, their self-esteem drastically reduces in that moment. And so we need to understand this because, again, You can have somebody that has a lot of potential, but if they don't perceive that they're really good in this moment and we put them in a high competition environment, we're going to crush their self-esteem and therefore minimize their ability to switch back on, to keep learning, to keep growing, to get better, to ultimately be a contributor. And this links back to what we talked about last week as it relates to fixed versus growth mindset. Understanding motivational climates is a way in which we can tap into that growth mindset and help people reach ever-level hires of their ability because they keep leaning in, they keep working, they keep growing and not giving up in that moment. And here's the thing, you might think, well, I have a high, I have a perception of a high ability or, you know, let's say an, an athlete at the University of Notre Dame or um, a consultant for McKinsey, right? Like we would think, and we would think, well, of course they have high perceived ability. Maybe. Or maybe that's a front. Or maybe think about the first time you went to the next level, whether you went from elementary school to high school or high school to college or college to the pros. And 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 not just in sport, right? Maybe it's college to McKinsey as a as a first level analyst, right? You might have been the top of your class at at the business school that you came out of, but now all of a sudden you're around people who've been doing this for a long time that have a lot of different experiences, which means a lot of different nuanced understandings of how things work and how to problem solve within business context. And so now all of a sudden your perception of your ability might be decreased. And when you're in a competitive environment, that can have dil- like negative effects. I was going to use a really big word that I probably would have butchered anyways, and then we all would have been on the wrong page, right? Really negative effects on uh, on your self-esteem and therefore your ability to contribute in the mental and emotional health and well-being that you have, which leads to to not thriving. 
right? Like this is what it's about. Like it's about thriving. Yeah, you'll probably be okay. Yeah, you'll probably figure it out. But why wait three years to figure it out? If we as leaders and coaches can create environments that are optimal for high performance, that are optimal for intrinsic motivation, that are optimal for a growth mindset, that are optimal for learning and development to hopefully get that individual to their high potential sooner than later. That's on us. And and this is this is a part of this contributes to what I refer to like the cost of mediocrity. Right? It's like, yeah, you'll figure it out eventually, but what did we lose in those 3 years? What did you lose as an individual? Or what did what did the young man or woman that's in your span of care lose because you don't understand this? And because you have a perceived high ability based on where you're at in your leadership or your coach status doesn't mean that everybody that comes through your doors does. And again, it's our responsibility to figure out how do we optimize the motivational climate to optimize the performance level of each individual, first and foremost of how they lead themselves, secondly of how they show up to our team, and thirdly, right, how they contribute to the organizational health and dynamic that we have going on in our team and our organization. If we can understand the nuanced layers of this, we can start to create a high-performance culture that thrives with individuals and with the team, and that not only challenges people to gain mastery over their craft, over their own lives, but also how to produce high results and have a little competition right? that keeps you learning and growing because iron sharpens iron. And putting those things together is really, really a powerful way to get better as an individual, a team, or an organization. Your championship mindset training for today is going to be to do an assessment of the motivational climates of each of the worlds in which you live, and then ask yourself, is this optimal for my high performance, and is this optimal for the high performance of the individuals with whom I am leading or creating this environment myself? And if not, Let's think about that. Let's figure out how do you weave in more of a mastery-based climate? How do you use competition in healthy ways that are generative for individuals as they learn and they grow more about who they are and what they have to bring to this world? Because we need it. You need it if you're trying to win in sport or business. You need it in your family. You need it in your kids. Right? And are how are you how are you leading your family right now? How are you communicating with your kids? Is it strictly competition-based? Is it strictly mastery-based? And where are there ways that you can weave those together in healthy ways to help them grow into the absolute best version of themselves and come out as a contributing member of society, maybe when they're in a sport environment, but even more importantly, when they're in a life environment? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us today. Again, you have been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Selking, and we would love to connect with you. So please reach out to us on all the social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Champ Mindsets, on Instagram at Selking Performance, and on Facebook at Selking Performance Group. You can also reach me directly, Amber at at SelkingPerformance.com, if you want to talk about potentially being a sponsor for next season. Uh, We'd love to have you join us with us on this mission to help spread the message of mindset and leadership leadership and high performance um, to individuals, teams, and organizations. So reach out if you if you would love to contribute financially to that uh, because this is a, it does cost money to do these and I love and feel honored and blessed to be able to bring this content to everybody, but it's really helpful if we can have some partners uh, join us in this journey. So again, Amber at SelkingPerformance.com. You can also reach out
out if you're interested in one-on-one performance coaches. We've got an awesome performance team um, or keynote speaking for your team or your organization. And just a reminder, we do have two eBooks on Amazon that are picture slash picture books uh, that are woven around the story of a little bee named Zip, but have some great positive psychology woven in there. So again, check those out on Amazon. There is a link in the episode notes if you want to provide those for a good little Christmas gift for somebody coming up. Thanks again for being with us and from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset. Thank you.